Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a weekly look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up, we'll have a look at this week's Louisiana Ag News headlines. We'll look inside the markets with commentary from experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. We'll check out the latest happenings at the state capitol and in Washington, D.C. in our grassroots government segment. And we'll hear from one of you as we take you to the fields and pastures of the Bayou State and find out the latest in crop and cattle conditions. All of this and more coming up on this week's podcast. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lucky Episode 13 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, and we've got a great lineup for you once again this week. We'll kick it all off with news headlines, followed by a visit with Joe Mapes, lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. He'll catch us up on everything that has happened in the Louisiana legislature over the last month and what is to come over the next few months this fall. We'll get an update from one of you, Donald Schneider, a corn and soybean farmer from Point Capi and West Baton Rouge parishes, will join us. Donald put a combine in the field on Monday to get started with corn harvest, and we'll get an update from him on what he's seen so far over the last few days. Our regular market analysts are standing by to take a look at the grain and livestock markets. Greg Fox will join us, as well as Dave Foster from Cattle Producers of Louisiana. And then we'll wrap it all up with a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar. All that's coming up on Episode 13 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We get started with it right now. a look at the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The 2018 Louisiana rice harvest is getting underway and this rice crop looks much better than in recent years. LSU Ag Center rice specialist Dustin Harrell. I think the yield potential of this year's crop in Louisiana looks very good, a lot better than what we've seen in the past three years where we've seen some really challenges here in, in, in Louisiana. Jeff Davis Parish rice grower Kevin Birkin agrees. For the most part, what I'm seeing out there riding around, not only mine, but a lot of others, that it's good, it's thick, the heads look good. So um, we, could, we could see a, a very, very good crop. Disease pressure was very low in May because of dry conditions, but rain picked up across the state in June, causing an increase in rice diseases like sheath blight and blast. Louisiana rice growers are expected to harvest around 420,000 acres this year, a slight increase over last year. A new evasive pest has been confirmed here in Louisiana, but Don Molino reports it's not all bad news. According to Dr. Rogers Leonard, Associate Vice President and Program Leader at the LSU Ag Center, it's not as bad as was first thought. The nematologists with the LSU Ag Center have discovered a new nematode in northeast Louisiana. The guava root nematode was validated as being within the state a few weeks ago. Fortunately, uh, this nematode is confined to a single farm 
on that farm, it's a single site within a, a, a one given field. So we're very fortunate at this point in time we can manage it uh, at that at that site. The uh, the nematologists will continue their statewide surveys, looking for this pest uh, in in many crops, uh, just as we continue our surveys for other nematode issues. It appears that this nematode uh, probably came in on plant material from North Carolina one of the other states where it has been identified in the United States. It is an invasive species. It's much more damaging than the nematodes that we currently have affecting our crops in Louisiana. So there is considerable concern. But again, fortunately, we do have it uh, quarantined at one location in the state, and there is no imminent danger to our other crops. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Farmers and ranchers in 13 Louisiana parishes are eligible for disaster assistance because of damage from last year's Hurricane Harvey. It's under the 2017 Wildfires and Hurricanes Indemnity Program authorized by Congress earlier this year. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Dr. Mike Strain. Most of these hurricanes come at the time we are harvesting. That's another big part of the problem. So the losses can be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And what this does, this helps the farmer to get back in business. And it's all about two things, keeping a safe, strong, and reliable food supply, and also keeping the economy in the rural areas going. Sign up for the program continues through November 16th. Check with your local FSA office to see if you're eligible. Louisiana sugarcane farmers have a new variety of cane released by the LSU Ag Center. It's called L11183. LSU Ag Center sugarcane specialist Kenneth Gravois. It gives us a good yield potential. It gives us disease resistance. It gives us stubbling ability. Gravois says it takes about 12 years to develop a new cane variety, but the investment is well worth it to keep Louisiana's 200-year-old sugarcane industry thriving. It's quite a long-term investment, but it's an investment that's paid big dividends for Louisiana. We've doubled our yields in the last 50 years. Cane growers also have a new weed control option called Lumax EZ. LSU Ag Center weed scientist Al Ogeron says it's showing promise in research trials. Ryegrass is becoming more and more of an issue for farmers and uh, for cane farmers. Um, so this product is going to go out around Thanksgiving, and it's really going to offer us, us some great pre-emerge ryegrass control. A native of Louisiana is now working in the world cotton markets. Don Molino has more. Amy West grew up in St. Francisville, but now works for Lansing Enterprises in Kansas as a cottonseed buyer. I called up with her in the offices of the National Cotton Council in Memphis. Day to day, I buy cottonseed from, from cotton gins. My end user is a dairy farmer, and I'm getting it to them by either barge and truck, rail, or container. Where do you get most of it from? We originate, Lansing Trade Group originates in all cotton growing states, just depending on where it's coming from. That determines on where we're going to be shipping it and what, where we're going to be selling it to. What's cottonseed work these days? Depending on the region, right now we're running anywhere from $150 a ton, like in the Carolinas. Georgia's sitting at about $170 a ton. Alabama, $160 or so. Mid-South, 175 and then you get out west to Texas, $225 a ton or so. 
Amy went on to tell me the seed protections in the 2014 Farm Bill bode well for the same thing in the new Farm Bill. We do have, of course, that protection that we've got seed cotton for the farmers in the 2014 bill. Cotton seed encompasses about 15% of the revenue that a cotton farmer gets out of his crop. It's not something to scoff at at all that that, that, that was in the farm bill. A huge accomplishment. Acres that are competing for crops to go in. If a soybean plant is going to be completely protected on price, certainly a farmer has to consider that. If only 85% of a cotton crop is going to be protected with seed cotton not being in the farm bill. That's a huge accomplishment having that so that if we don't get one passed, we are going to be rolling into the next year where cottonseed is protected price-wise. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Coming up next is grassroots government. The state legislature has gone home, finally, but what else is going on in state government? We'll talk with Louisiana Farm Bureau lobbyist Joe Mapes for an update coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Growing up in Sarepta, I could see the value of agriculture every time I left the house. Whether it was timber going to the paper mill or cattle in a pasture, I knew the farmers, ranchers, and landowners were keeping my hometown on the map. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation helps keep them in business. So join the Farm Bureau today. Become a member at lafarmbureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. It's time for a look inside the halls of government in this week's edition of Grassroots Government on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. On Grassroots Government this week, we talk with Joe Mapes. He's a lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Joe, the last time you and I talked was at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Convention about a month ago, and the special session hadn't even wrapped up yet. If you would, take a step back and catch us up on how that session wrapped up and what the legislature did to try to solve the budget problem that we have. Sure, Gary. Uh, As a reminder to everybody, that was the fourth session of the year, the third special session. And what we did, to make a very long story short, the legislature uh, reinstated a portion of the fifth penny sales tax. That's the fifth penny that was put on two years by the very same legislature. And, and, and at that time, it, it was supposed to come off. The law read that it was supposed to come off on June 30th of this year. Well, it, it did come off, and however, they reinstated a portion of it, 0.45 of that one, one penny to uh, fully fund uh, the TOPS program and uh, you know uh, other programs that are important to voters around the state. And, and, and that, that so was, that was a compromise here between the House and the Senate and the Republicans and the Democrats. That is passed for six years, so it creates that revenue, uh, which I think is somewhere around $400 million, something right under $400 million, I think, and for six years. So, uh, you know, got some time, and next year it won't be nearly as bad as this year, hopefully. 
Joe, how does that affect agriculture? Uh, how did we come out of that session? Well, as far as agriculture, Jay, we, we were on the chopping block uh, uh, in, in, in each one of those four sessions with different pieces of legislation. Um, we had to call on members at different times to participate and support and call their legislators. And, and thank you to all of you that are listening that did that. And um, so we were able to prevail for agriculture in the third session, the no, second special session, Gary. Things really got ugly, and we really had to fight uh, on in, in the Senate and the House. And again, agriculture prevailed, and the fight was over uh, the removal of sales tax inputs. Uh, there are a few in the legislature that think that, that agriculture and farming only need two or three inputs, and the rest of them are just fluff, and those, those should be removed, and that revenue should be given to the state uh, to, to, to resolve their budget deficits. Uh, and there's going to be more and more of that type of thinking, Gary, uh, unless the state comes up with, with a, uh, you know, some new revenue, like from a new industry or something like that. Well, Joe, now that the legislature has gone home, you get to take, what, six, eight months off work? You don't really have much going on, right, in the fall? Yeah, yeah that's, ex- that's exactly how it works, Gary. <laughs> currently, 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 we're at a convention right now. With, uh, we're at a five-day convention. It started Tuesday through Sunday. And, and we're with the president of the Senate and the chairman uh, of the Senate Agriculture Committee. Uh, Francis Thompson is here with his lovely wife, Marilyn, and as a matter of fact, his grandchildren as well. And, and we've got several other senators and representatives. And so this is the type of thing that we do in the interim, uh, besides meeting with the clients and, and, and debriefing and discussing our future needs. We uh, maintain those relationships, Gary, which is a nice segue in asking your listeners to please develop and maintain those relationships because their relationships with their legislators are far more important than, than Joe and Sandy makes uh, because they're the voting constituents in their districts to live, walk, and vote in their districts. Well, Joe, I think one good comparison is to sports. Football, for example, what you do in the off season is just as important as what you do during the season when the games are being played. Your success in the offseason, what you do to prepare, will really determine your success for when it's time for the games to go, for when it's time for the legislature to meet. Well, that's right, because it, it, it's Harry Carey. You, you know, you look at the tapes in football, but, you know, you look at the uh, archives, the video archives of the committee hearings and the floor discussions, that's all online for us, and we'll look at that as far as a review of the past session of what was actually said and done uh, and, and, and use that as information to, to lay the infrastructure for the next session. But a good, if you want to get something done in the legislature and you just show up the day that the legislature gets uh, started, there's a very high uh, probability, probably about 100% chance you're not going to get your goal accomplished. There's a lot of preparation, uh, and thanks for uh, noticing that, Jerry, and pointing that out. Anything specific, Joe, going on here in the next few months that affects agriculture in the upcoming session? Well, there's a few elections around the state, and 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 what I would like to say in regard to that set of elections this year, and then the then the four year elections that come next year, you know, I'd like to ask everybody to please uh, ask around uh, your neighborhood, home, church, whatever, and try to find good candidates that are running, people that we can talk to that will listen to us. Not that they're going to agree with us 100% of the time. That will talk to us, though, 100% of the time and at least listen to us. If you can't find a candidate, try to create one. Talk to a family member. You know, talk to some friends. Maybe it's yourself. But there's so much, Carrie, there's so much concrete that's been poured in Louisiana, and we have fewer and fewer men and women coming to the Capitol 
that know anything about agriculture. So we've got to start, you know, looking around and creating our own candidates. And if they'll come to us, call, you know, headquarters, Farm Bureau headquarters, if they'll come to us and let us know who they are, we'll hook up with them and help them get organized. Joe Mapes, lobbyist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Thanks a lot for the time, Joe. Thank you, Kerry. Talk to you soon. Up next, it's time to go in the field to talk with one of you. Corn harvest is getting underway in Louisiana, and we'll get an update from a Louisiana corn farmer next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. You know your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gives you access to the best insurance on the planet, but it can also save you hundreds when you buy a car. On vacation, your Louisiana Farm Bureau membership gets you discounts on hotels and rental cars, and it makes you part of a group that's 143,000 families strong. So go to LAFarmBureau.org or call your parish Farm Bureau office to become a member. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. We're taking you to the fields of Louisiana as we hear from one of you in the field on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. We go in the field this week to talk to Donald Shakespeare. He's a corn and soybean farmer in Point Capi and West Baton Rouge parishes. Donald, I know you farm there with uh, both your brothers, correct? Right, yeah, I farm with Ray, my brother Ray and Dan, and uh, we uh, have corn and soybeans growing at the current time. How many acres of soybeans and corn do you have in? Oh, we have uh, about 3,000 all together, together about uh, 700 corn. Well, Donald, you and I ran into each other last weekend, and you were telling me you were getting ready to put a combine in the field on Monday. Did you get that combine in the field, and how did things go? We did. We got a combine uh, Monday. We started a little, took a little test plot. It had a moisture around 20 one and a half, and uh, we started uh, continue on cutting. We've been harvesting uh, 21 to 23 percent moisture, so uh, we rolling along slow. Uh, the the crop looks pretty decent. It's, we have a lot of hog damage in, in where we're at right now. They uh, really hurt the uh, yield right where we harvesting that now do you find that damage earlier in the season when the corn's young or do they get in there uh, even here late in the middle of the summer and damage it most of it was right at planting right after the seed goes into the ground before it germinates they root up the corn seed and uh you know you try to keep them out you we have to go back in and replant some of it but it still is just uh you know, hogs get on a set of rows and they get on a row and then jump off, get another. So it's real erratic. So, uh, it was, it's tough to control. How are your yields looking so far here as uh, you've gotten started this week, Donald? We had record yields last year, so it's not uh, anything closer yet. But we're ranging anywhere from 130 where the hog damage was uh, bad to 250 bushels so, uh, yields. So, you know, I'm hoping we can still stay around the 200 bushel mark. Right now, we probably a little under the 200 bushel mark. So uh, we'll just see how it continues on. But like I said, it's this is the first couple of days. We'll see 
So we've got a long ways to go. Donald, the big wild card for everybody this year has been rain because it's just been so widespread and spotty. Some folks have gotten good rain. Some folks have been dry all summer. What about where you're at right there on your farm? How's the rainfall been this year? Well, it's been a tough one this year. We uh, planting all during planting season this year. I never started a field when I able to plant straight through a field. I was always planting a little bit in this field, jumping to another field, getting it planting a little bit and uh i mean going back in the same field two and three times to get the field planted at different stages so it it was but if we didn't do that this year we wouldn't have gotten any corn planted it was uh it was a tough spring early with all the rain we had uh finally got all the corn in like i said it was wasn't an ideal situation by any means but uh we got the corn in uh, growing season, we had pretty good, sufficient rain all through the year. Uh, it, it's it's been a pretty good. We had that little dry spell late, but I don't think uh, maybe on some of the heavier ground it might have affected some of the yields. But uh, I think overall, it, we almost had an ideal growing year besides that early spring. How about the soybeans, Donald? How are your beans looking so far? Oh, beans look great right now. They, uh, tall looks great. I mean, they have been having right now. I mean, we could use the rain. Uh, it, it's, it's a little crunch right now on some of them. Uh, we definitely could use a rain. It, it, that's made, but this is the first time all year, I think, on most of the beans. You know, you have a little isolated plots, uh, where it could have been a little different, but overall, beans look great. When do you think you're going to be able to get in and start harvesting those? Uh, beans, uh, we we don't have any even close to mature. Uh, right now, most of our maturity dates are a little bit later, so uh, we're probably five weeks uh, better on any of the earlier beans. Donald Shake Snyder, a corn and soybean farmer in Point Capie and West Baton Rouge parishes. Thanks so much for your time today, Donald. Oh, man, no problem. Anytime, care. Coming up next, it's time to look at the markets. We'll look back on how the grain and livestock markets performed over the past week with our regular market analyst. That's next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau has been working for Louisiana's farmers and ranchers since 1922, and that work continues today. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. Farm Bureau knows you're busy running your operation, so while you're at work on your farm or ranch, Farm Bureau is watching out for your interests. So join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now let's look at the markets with insight from the experts at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Now for a look at the markets, we go to Greg Fox, a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. 
And Greg, we finished out with a strong close in the soybean market on Friday, and that capped off a really good week for that particular market. What was supporting the bean market throughout the week? We had back-to-back weeks of nice, strong bean trade. Monday was the only day that we were down. Uh, A lot of that is the EU has come in and said they're looking to buy beans. They were probably going to buy beans anyway. Um, but when you look at a dollar eighty difference between us and Brazil, we're a dollar eighty dollar eighty cheaper than Brazil, so they really want to come to us now. Um, there's talks that we're in a uh, talking to Mexico about sorting out some of the NAFTA stuff and potentially getting some trade back going with them. All this is just going to be positive to the, the pork, uh, potentially cattle, and of course the grain market. So those kind of news, that's what we want to see right now. I also heard that there's talk of an increased ethanol blend, and that has to be helping the corn market. Yeah, the E15, the 15% ethanol blend, that's going on right now. Hopefully we can get some of that going. That'll turn up some of those ethanol plants. We'll start to see some of those corn stocks shrink. Um, and, again, that's just going to be beneficial to the corn market. If we can use up these stocks that we have, then that's going to make the markets rally because it's going to be worth more worth more money, obviously. So, you know, we need to start chewing some of this stuff up. Greg, I know that corn harvest is getting underway in Louisiana. What are you hearing out there in the field? We're seeing a little bit of corn cut. So far, you know, decent. I don't think we're staying down even close to an average yield on the, on the Louisiana corn this year, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's getting cut right now is really wet, so they're putting it in their own bins and drying it down. So not really sure about yield or or quality just yet, but we're starting to see it turn off a little bit. Grain marketer Greg Fox with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Thanks a lot, Greg. All right. Thank y'all. The soybean market closed higher to end the week. August beans up nine and a quarter, eight seventy and a half. November soybeans up nine and a quarter, eight eighty-five and a quarter. Only a slight uptick in the corn market. September corn up a half, three sixty-two. December corn up a half, three seventy-six and a quarter. September wheat was down six cents, closing at five thirty and a half. September rice gained a half penny to close the week at twelve dollars and a half cent. November rice up three, eleven eighty-eight and a half. The cotton market was slightly higher. New crop December cotton up eleven points, eighty-eight thirty-four. September sugar up seventeen, closing at twenty-five point thirty-eight cents. And now we move over to the cattle markets to talk with our regular market analyst Dave Foster. He's a former market reporter here in Louisiana and currently CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. Dave, looking at the cattle market this week, uh, things really have been kind of quiet. Not a whole lot to talk about today, but you do tell me that we are seeing some stronger prices for our feeder cattle at Louisiana Livestock Auctions. What we're concerned with here in Louisiana, um, the main commodities that we have to sell are those uh, calves and yearlings and the um, culled cows. That's that's our biggest thing with a handful of replacements. But uh, this week in Louisiana... Uh, there was a, a pretty good demand for our uh, for our cattle, and as I had, have told you in the past couple of weeks, we're we're kind of starting into the uh, the fall runs, if you will, because of the drought conditions in different parts of the state and severity of those, and a lot of producers uh, not being able to make some hay, and they've made the decisions they'll just pull these calves off the cows and and, and send them to market. So we're seeing that. And, and uh, so we're seeing a little bit of that. And, and again, this week, the buyers are pretty aggressive. Uh, 
in uh, in purchasing those calves. The the negative is that we are really uh, our cow market, and not only here in Louisiana but all through the country, uh, is um, is is really kind of under a lot of pressure. <laughs> they've uh, they've got a lot of cows available. These packers do. Uh, mostly because of again of the weather situation and the dry drought areas throughout the country, so they're they're backed up. Usually about this time, we're we're next week we're looking at the last week in July, uh, the first part of of August. That's the time when these cow buyers are and, and plants are really aggressive, looking to buy cows uh, because historically they're not available. So they're looking to buy these cold cows to turn into hamburger. And our cow cow market goes up uh, in that little short time because they're 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 grinding those uh, cows up for hamburger to sell to the uh, for the school lunch program and and, uh, and that's fixing to start so that's a big demand for for the grinders at this time of year and then of course after we get through August and into September and on. That's when the runs start other places, and so that market, the cow market, kind of goes south a little bit. But we're that's a struggle for us uh, right now. Uh, there's just a lot of cows of kill cows on the market, so that's kind of a that's kind of a downer. Well, Dave, producers are definitely struggling with the weather um, this week. You know, we've seen really hot temperatures uh, here in Louisiana, lots of places as well. You know, one statistic you and I have discussed in the past is the weekly crop uh, progress report that comes out. Yeah, that report still shows that we have 22% of our pastures in Louisiana in the poor to very poor categories. That's a huge chunk of pastures that that aren't out there producing grass and reports that i'm hearing around the state is if you do have grass in certain areas the army worms are hitting really hard right now so it's a matter of uh of what little grass you have the worms might eat up so definitely some stressful times for a lot of cattle producers in louisiana that's exactly right carrie and and what you will see as a result of that uh which that's kind of what we're seeing now uh, as I said, that historically, um, our fall calf runs start the middle of October and, and wind up in Thanksgiving and, and are probably done uh, somewhere around the mid of October. But he, uh, now, uh, in, in right after the uh, 4th of July break, uh, our receipts at the local auction markets have picked up, and I think uh, most of it was due to the fact of just what you said. It was... Uh, uncertainty with uh, if they're going to get a hay crop, uncertainty with uh, with pasture conditions and uh, trying to uh, reduce the stress on that old cow by pulling these calves off early. Uh, and, and of course, as you said also, with this hot kind of humid weather that we're, we have been going through this whole month, um, that old calf, A, is not going to be gaining anything because her mama isn't eating enough. Uh, can't get out from underneath the shade tree uh, to to eat enough to to really put much much weight on that calf. So they're pulling these calves early, going to market, and and the, the market is uh, is a whole lot better than it was. So that's uh, that that's a positive thing. But but I think that's something for us to watch and and to alert our our cattle people here in this state because um, just to kind of let them know that. 
that we've got areas of the state that are um, in desperate need of, of some rain, and uh, if they don't get any hay put up, uh, then they won't be able to carry their cows uh, through the winter, and and uh, that uh, that could be a major factor. Dave Foster, CEO of Cattle Producers of Louisiana. Dave, for a week that there really wasn't much to talk about, you and I seem to find a lot to talk about. <laughs> I, I hope we don't get labeled as blowhards. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave. We really appreciate it. All right. Take care. It's time to take a look at the Louisiana Ag Calendar to see what's happening in agriculture around the state. We'll do that next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This is Trace Atkins for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. If you're a farmer or rancher, Farm Bureau wants you to join and be a part of their family. I grew up in Louisiana farm country, and I know all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into raising livestock, growing a crop, raising a family, and running a farm. Farm Bureau puts that same hard work and sacrifice into making life better for you and your family, so join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Now to wrap up this week's podcast, let's take a look at what's coming up this week on the Louisiana Ag Calendar. We have two events coming up on the Ag Calendar to talk about this week. First is Tuesday, July 31st. It's a free tax workshop being held in Homer, Louisiana. That's in Claiborne Parish. The workshop is entitled Your Farm and Your Taxes. Again, it's a free workshop at the Claiborne Parish Library, Tuesday, July 31st. If you'd like more information, here's an email address you can send an email to. Send it to ceo at trailblazer.org, or you can give them a call at 318-927-3845. That's for information on the Your Farm, Your Taxes workshop Tuesday, July 31st, 6 p.m. at the Claiborne Parish Library. The other event we have on the Ag Calendar is on Thursday, August the 2nd, and it is the first in a series of workshops that will be held all throughout the month of August. Fresh Central is hosting this series of workshops in August with topics designed for small, diversified farms, market gardeners, and skill seekers interested in farming and large-scale gardening for fun and profit. Again, these will be held each Thursday in August in Alexandria. If you'd like more information, the best place to find it is on our website, voiceoflaag.org. Scroll down through the news feed and you'll find a story on there that's entitled Small Farm Fundamentals Workshops scheduled in August. And it has all of the information that you need to register and get set up if you'd like to attend. Well, that is a look at the ag calendar. And that puts the wraps on lucky episode 13 of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you right back here again next week. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Join us again next week. This podcast is produced by Carrie Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org, and 
LAFarmBureau.org.